What's up? What's up? What's going on? Guys. There we go. I'm going to figure out how to get this thing to work. There we go. There it is. Nice. What's happening? All right, guys. Welcome back. Another episode of Coffee with Closers Live. You want to just jump in here? Yeah, or... Oh, hey, buddy. Hello. Welcome, hey. man. What's going on? I love it. Don, good morning, my man. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. How's the weather in your neck of the woods? Oh, yeah. Well, since I'm sitting right across the room from you, it's it's, it's about the same as where you're at. I love it, man. I love it. Well, guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Closers Live. We have a special guest today, Rafael Cortez. Thanks for coming on, my, my man. Pleasure. Thanks so much for the Yeah, so we're, we're all actually together right now in a conference here in Tampa, Florida. It's, uh, it's a conference called uh, Family Reunion. It's real estate, what is it, influencers or coaches, kind yeah, of a mix. it's a space of, of uh, coaching and influencers. And, and I mean, we do, we do talk about traditional real estate stuff, but it's mostly on the back end. You know, systems of things. Exactly. But, you know, it all connects, right? Yeah, very, very cool group. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. Very cool group. And uh, yeah, he's going in now. I get the opportunity to come down here and network with a lot of these guys. Uh, we're going in and out. Yeah. It's. I think it's because of the internet that we're dealing with here. <laughs> you ain't paid the bill, have you? Yeah, this is the one. That's right, Matt. This is the one where everyone has the pick with vanilla ice. So they're obviously using that to uh, help promote the event here. But there's a lot of people here. Yeah. Is there like maybe 200 people or more maybe? Right now, I think today is probably the biggest day. The biggest yeah, day. So it's been packed. Maybe even. People. Yeah, maybe 200 plus actually. Uh, um, but yeah, we have a really good group, which is awesome, guys. So um, on today's episode, we really want to just uh, – Learn a little bit more about Rafael and you know some of the systems. You were telling me a little bit last night when we were having some cocktails, eating dinner about uh, some of the systems. And you're also one of the coaches over at Wholesaling Inc. Right. right. So a little bit about uh, what you've been working on and uh, let's dive into some of the systems. First off, thank you, thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, I have this big. Uh, yeah, I think we all need hustle to get going, and that's uh, that's getting starting off in such a way as we we have to start off with that hustle mentality. However, it's not sustainable in the long run. It's uh, there comes a point where the hustle is not going to get there, you know, type of thing, right? So one thing that, for example, that I am a huge advocate of is to start thinking uh, systematically start thinking business instead of hustling. Mm. Um, and that's really, the, the freedom is going to be in the systems. And, and it's not that I, I spend my home, all that stuff. It's just that um, because I do respect the importance of systems and I apply those in my business, I'm able to drop um, the, uh, the my day-to-day in the business and step away. I mean, I've been gone from the company at this point. It's been two weeks, a couple of different conferences. Next week, I'm going to be traveling to Costa Rica. That's another week I'm off. But the company doesn't skip a beat mm-hmm. running that thing on 90 minute meetings because the systems are in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm talking about systems, I mean you don't have to be super complicated. It's it's a it's of a a, a fairly um, easy to understand you know type of blueprint. 
right? Um, and I'll use the, the same context, the wholesaling. Is, is that what mainly the audience is? Uh, yeah, just real, really just uh, anything real estate related. Okay. So this, you, you can take this and then uh, apply it to your business. And, and what it looks like from your end, uh, it may be. But um, understand that there's different stages uh, from uh, the beginning or the inception of a deal to the point where you actually get paid. Uh, one of them, right? We have to source leads. We have to, that's, that's uh, common sense. You can do anything if you don't source leads. And what that looks like, depending on your industry or whatever you're doing, it's, it's maybe different, right? Maybe cold calling or the SMS. Um, we use those as our backbones. Can you hear us? <clears throat> oh, is it? Are you connected yeah. to the internet? Are you connected to the internet, uh, the local internet yeah. here? Well, then here, I'm going to, here, you stay here. Here, you sit and I'll go over there because you're connected. So no change really. Here, don't use that though because it'll interfere. I think I need to head over this way. Now you back on. Conference All right, fun. cool. <laughs> I am this back on. Right here. <laughs> so I was talking for half an hour and I guess, okay. uh, you know, not, nothing... Here, sit with me. Come over here. Are we good? We'll carry on? All right. So I'm going to follow Don's lead here. Yeah, no. Uh, what, I was saying, <laughs> what I was saying, guys, is it's um, uh, you got to have a systematic approach to your business. That's what's going to give you the freedom, the ability to step away, and then the whole thing doesn't fall apart. Uh, and that's huge. And I know, I know, for example, that you uh, you you practice this you know same you know, type of process, Don. But in in my um, in in my system, or at least in my companies, the way that I run it, right, I break it down into six steps. The first one is going to be sourcing. You understand that sourcing and, and and actually selling and closing it's two different things, right? It's marketing and advertising uh, for any traditional business. But when you're sourcing deals, what that looks like may be different. Maybe PPC, maybe cold calling, maybe you know SMS, a combination of all of them together. Uh, but you're sourcing the leads. Basically, at this point, understand that what's happening is that you're gauging for interest, right? You're plowing through the thousands of, uh, you know, records that we have um, to get some type of interest. Somebody raises their hand, then they move on over to the, to the next stage, which is conversion. So we have sourcing. The step two, the second stage is conversion. That's where you pre-qualify the leads. And, and now you're putting together this almost like an assembly line of, of how the, the whole model works. Um, and I'll circle back around and, and, and emphasize where that's so important. But during the conversion stage, um, if you're, you're doing wholesaling, uh, we have, for example, four things that we focus in, right? And, and you, can, you can take this across uh, to traditional real estate sales, uh, you know, lease, whatever you're doing. But it's, it's condition of the property, motivation, timeline, and price. Super basic stuff. It's not, not rocket science. But three out of those means that we now have a prospect. So we are, we're, um, we're not just sending... Four? Yeah, three out of four. Three. Okay. Yeah, three out of four means that we have a prospect. Now, when we have a prospect, we send it over to the next step, with, with, which is acquisitions. Otherwise, they stay on that second on that second step, right? Uh, until they get uh, they get dropped, they get converted, or it's a follow up. So three three outcomes really. But um, when you have three out of four on the pre qualifying, they go over to acquisitions, and that, that's where the magic happens. We start negotiating deals, we start talking numbers, uh, we dive deeper to find out what the what the problem is, what the real solution that we can bring to the table is, um, and and you know go into it with a solution based mentality. Now, from that point, the next thing is going to be dispositions. So we're at the fourth stage of a deal dispositions. All right. You come in, you do your dispo, you, you know, marketing and, and we have a, a 10 step process that we repeat a couple of times for each one of the deals. So a lot of us, you know, it's hard 
hardly ever any of our deals uh, fall through uh, the cracks and they don't sell just because we have a very aggressive dispo process. Um, and we act, uh, we actually come in and then pre-qualify our buyers. We have a very close-knit relationship with our with our A-list buyers. Um, so that happens in the dispo process, which is the fourth stage. On the fifth one, and this is, most people stop, right? Uh, after the dispo, people get paid, they get the checks, they walk you know, around with that picture, and then what else can I do? What's the next deal? What else can I hit? Um, what you do after that point is you measure. Okay, what gave me this deal? That's where you start looking at your KPIs. It's a handful of key performance indicators and metrics that you look at uh, to understand how that deal came to you, what happened throughout that deal, what could have done better, and, uh, and that's the final stage is improvement. So you actually sit down and break it down. We break every single deal down um, on a weekly basis. So we meet, I meet with my, my team 90 minutes a week um, on Tuesdays, and we put everything on whiteboard. If we have anything that pops up that you know, there was an issue with, or, or, you know, we had hiccups, we could have done more money on this, we left money on the table because of this, this and that. That's where we actually break it down. Um, and, um, and then, you know, improve from there. But it's a six, uh, it's a six uh, piece machine, right? Sourcing, converting, acquisitions, dispositions, measuring and improvement. Like that's a six-step process. Now the cool thing <clears throat> when you have a when you have a process like that, and, and and the details within each one of those steps can vary. But when you have a process like that, and somebody quits, I see it, man. I see it time and time again. Somebody hires, they get the first hire, and it's an acquisitions guy. Well, the acquisitions guy is doing the cold calling. He's doing the pre-qualifying. He's also doing the negotiation. And you know, when that person leaves, you lose half of the business. Half of your business is gone. I mean, that's, that's how you get yourself into trouble. But if you break it down and you segment it and just understand that it's different hats, right? Different roles. So if you break it down like that, you're able to plug people into it a lot easier. So you're going to train specifically for lead gen. And that's, you know, that, that's one piece of training. You can actually start automating the trainings, which is, that's, you know, what we've done in my business. Um, and, and, you know, build uh, the, uh, specifically for those, you know, for those particular stages of the business, but that's how a system runs, right? You're, you're running this whole machine, um, and you can step away from it and it doesn't fall apart. Like right now people are doing what they're supposed to be doing back in my market, which is Phoenix. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just, it's a good way to, to have something, make it predictable, you know, uh, to a, to a degree. So I mean, essentially, when you're talking about systems, that's really how it breaks down. The details and uh, under each one of those is, you know, they're different. Um, but it's very, very important to to just at least have the awareness that uh, you know that's that's how an actual business works. Yeah, absolutely. How many people do you have on your team? Can you explain to us a little bit about what the team looks like? Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not a, a huge. I mean, we don't have a hundred people in the wholesaling business. We do uh, so we we do wholesaling and fix and flip on Pulse Capital. That's the name of that. So it's uh, I have three cold callers dialing just you know their eyes out or ears out. Uh, three cold callers. I have one in house lead manager. That three cold callers are hired. They're coming in from a uh, from a third party because the attrition the attrition with cold callers is it's it's high. Um, usually people come in, they'll stay in that, uh, you know, cold calling role for a few months and then they move on to something else, VAs and whatnot. So what I found out is we were training and training and training and training. People were leaving just because the, the actual telemarketing position is not, I mean, nobody wants to stay there for years. It's, it's not a career. You know what I mean? So uh, we decided to get around that. We hire out the cold calling. Again, the only thing they do there is gauge for interest. If they're interested in 
and they want to talk about an offer, like that's all they do. Then they go to my lead manager and get pre-qualified. So th- three cold callers are doing that. Um, I have a lead manager that deals with all the leads that come in. She pre-qualifies them and turns them into prospects. And uh, once they, they go into you know, the prospect stage, they go to acquisitions. I have three, uh, three acquisition guys right now. So, so, you have a lead, so in office, you have, a, you have a lead manager and three acquisitions guys. I mean, your cold yep. callers, I would imagine, are virtual, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. and then um, from on the Dispo side, I have a dispositions manager and a transaction coordinator that helps them out. And I have one, this is one role that's very important to me. It's the, perhaps the most important role at all because it keeps me out of it. It's my director of operations. Um, director of operations, he runs uh, the ship. He, everybody reports to him. I have my conversations with him on, on Tuesdays. Um, him and I break down the scorecard. We go over KPIs and all that stuff um, on, on a one-to-one meeting, just me and him. And then we have this section where I come in and then I talk to the whole team. Wow, that's awesome. So you're spending yeah. 90 minutes a week in your, basically, your yeah. prepping business, right? Yeah. How many so minutes the- a week are you spending, Gavin? <laughs> about 90? That's pretty impressive, guys. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, Don, how about you, brother? Oh, uh, right Right now, I'm probably a little bit more in 90, 90 minutes a week because we're in a rebuild phase, but usually I'm... I have a 30-minute meeting, and then I'll spend maybe another hour or two a week here and there. So, That's why we're all in this room. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's why. Right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. I love it, man. That's awesome. Um, I want to say real quick as well. Obviously, Raphael, I was in Phoenix. I used to live there. Um, and when I got started, you were kind of dominating uh, the acquisition side. Mm-hmm. You used to work with Sean Terry. Um, and I remember when we were all fighting over houses, constantly all turning up to the same meetings. This guy was constantly closing. He was closing them out. <laughs> yeah. So Gavin didn't like it when he would go up and see, see Raphael. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, just talk about that. Like, you know, how are you in a competitive market? You weren't saying, don't sell with them guys, come with me. You know, you, you were building that rapport, right? The relationship with the sellers to be able to get these in the contract. Um, one thing, man, that I think was my, my uh, competitive advantage was, was uh, and I, I talk about this all the time, it's understand, understanding behavioral tendencies. Um, everybody communicates differently, man. And, and I think you and I, well, yesterday we were talking about something, something like this, uh, you and I, um, just on the sidelines here in the hallways. But, but it's, uh, if you, when you understand how people communicate, when you understand how people process information, um, you know when to push, you know when to pull back. Uh, for example, if, uh, if you're face-to-face with somebody and, and you can keep it simple, right? You don't have to get super complicated or get a master's degree in, in, in psychology and whatnot. I mean, just understand the basics of, of this, which is, it, it's actually part of the, uh, the training that I gave my lead managers and my acquisitions people. I, um, I, I give them um, uh, behavioral tendency training just so they can understand how to adapt to those conversations. Um, and um, I actually have a full script. If you guys want it, we can uh, give it to your, to your people, I'll give you guys a link to it. And it's, it's a full script on, on negotiating um, the deals, on the acquisition, on the sourcing and all that stuff. And I have a, uh, the first page is the breakdown of understanding behavioral tendencies. Understanding DISC at a very simple, like super easy to understand um, um, 
uh, approach. But anyways, it was that. It's it's uh, when you're talking to somebody who's, for example, a driver, right? They're gonna have certain reactions. Uh, the tonality, the it's gonna you know get more aggressive. It's gonna go higher. Uh, body language tells you a lot. I know now most of the stuff that's happening over the phone, but you can still um, catch the pitch, right? You can catch the pitch and the speed of the uh, the way that people are talking to you and understand that if I say $50,000 and and something happens, right? I mean, they'll, they, for example, if I'm across the table of, uh, with a seller, and this used to happen all the time, and I would drop an, uh, a low anchor number, um, they would push back from the table, they would close off their arms, um, you know, do something, I mean, something that's guarding and that's going to tell me it's a sub uh, subconscious response. So when you see that kind of, you know, when you see that kind of stuff, you know that, okay, what I'm pushing on right now, if it's a personal question or something and they close off, I know they're not comfortable with it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to retract and pull back a little bit from that and find another way to get around it. So most of my negotiations were not, um, you know, boiler room style. Uh, it, it's, I mean, there were, it was mostly more like navigating around the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the problems, the issues, so I could uncover more and then really become like that go-to person for that, for that, uh, for that seller. Um, also one of the things that always, always has to be done if you're looking yeah. at closing is come in with, um, with, with a, a solution-based mentality, right? And it's not, it sounds, it sounds cliche. But if you have somebody, uh, this is it. If I have, if we have a seller that we know they're going to benefit a lot more from doing it for sale by owner, and it's doable. The property doesn't need much, um, and it's and that's really what they want to do. We don't, we don't, we don't lie to them and tell them, listen, it's like my, I'm your best shot. Like if I truly, honestly believe that their best shot is to put it up on the MLS, that's you know that's going to be the recommendation. But we come in with the uh, uh, consulting base, you know, type of approach. And you become their go-to person. Like that's what happens when you're right. go-to person. Yeah, they're, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna trust you. They're gonna believe you because you're acting in good faith and given resources. Um, one thing that I, I would always do, like when 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 somebody came back at me with the, uh, oh, you know what, I can list it myself or I can sell it myself and make a lot more money. You're completely right. And you know what? If you go to Zillow and follow this link, these two, you know, click this button right here. It's gonna take you to this page where you can actually put it up by yourself. And it's going to push it up as a for sale by owner. Like that's huge in value to somebody who doesn't know that exists, right? Yep, so absolutely. now, yeah, now what happens? I'm on their team. I'm on their, I'm on their side. So um, between a combination of that and follow up, I mean, it's yeah, deals left and right, man. Deals left and right. <laughs> the, key, the key takeaways there is understanding the person, right? Reading the person. Yeah. Um, say say it again. Sorry, I know. No, you're good. Yeah, the key, the key takeaway is reading the person, right, Gavin's what you're saying. And that's the tough part, though, is that's something that you can't always teach. Like, that's, that, that's, a, that's a talent I have with acquisitions is being able to, to have, read my language. And now it's over the phone, you realize, like, basic conversation, tonality on the phone is the same thing. So yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you know, how do you teach that? And that's one of the things that I've been always kind of working through is, like, how do you teach somebody to read that? And, and really what you're looking for in the person you're hiring is somebody that's going to Monday morning quarterback their conversations. They're going to listen to their own recording. They're going to think through, should I have said this? Should I have done that? You're looking for somebody that's going to analyze every interaction they have because that's where they're going to pick that skill up. The reason why yep. I can read the way I do, and I'm assuming the reason why you can read the way you do, is because after every seller interaction, we'd sit in the car and we'd beat the hell out of that conversation oh, yeah. until we got to a point where it became instinct, muscle memory. And, and, and so you're looking, you're, that's the employee you want is somebody that has that drive 
to always want to improve. Yeah, active learning, man. Active learning. I um, it, this lesson I, I I used to I used to work for the fire department, and I learned it early on from this this one. Uh, he's, a, he's still a good friend of mine, but we were we responded to this one call in the sand dunes. Um, the 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 helicopter came in and they, uh, they took the the patient because we couldn't access it. It was in the middle of the desert, and it was this whole like it was probably one of the biggest scenes that I was in. Um, and there was a lot, a lot, a lot of shit happening, right? And um, and so we we managed to get through it. The the we the flew out the patient, made it to a hospital. The guy lived and whatnot. And then we're we're getting back in the uh, in the ambulance. And I'm I, I'm I think I'm 20 years old at the time or something. I'm getting. I'm, we get back in the ambulance. We get back to the station, and like I start cranking the stereo out. You know, like, like just put the stereo on, and then I, I get back into my okay, cool, just automatic mode, right? And he turns it off. He looks at me. And this guy's only two years older than I am. Turns it off. Looks at me. He goes, No, 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 no. Let's break that down. What could we have done better? Like we have to be conscious about what just happened because we need to improve on it. And he dropped that like that golden nugget on me when I was twenty. And like it, it stuck. It's active learning. It's it's what it is. You come in and then you break it down. You realize, um, you know, okay, this when I said this, you know, they push back. Or when I said this, even though, even though I was doubtful, it, it actually landed. Uh, I know that happened to me when I started dropping like low anchor points, low anchor offers. Um, that's never it's never the uh, the price, right? It's never the real offer, but it's a low anchor. So you begin with a conversation, um, you know, a point. And and uh, yeah, but stuff like that, man. It, being aware that that uh, there's always an improvement process going on, and, and you're completely right, Don. It, it's it's uh, it's a soft skill. Um, there's things that we can come in and and uh, look for to gauge personalities. For example, a super a um, a super simple way to kind of uh, and I'll give you guys four pointers here. But if you're looking somebody at somebody who's a driver, for example, Don Don's a driver. The tonality is going to be uh, strict. It's going to be dynamic, you know, type of communication and volume goes up and goes down. It's not monotone. Um, it's not boring and it's objective. It's always like, you know, there, there's an intention be behind the stuff that's being talked, uh, when you're, when you're speaking to a driver. Um, it has nothing to do with IQ. It's just, you know, there's an intention to that conversation. Uh, people who are, uh, interactives, they're more dynamic, but the intention is not as strong. It's more of a, a relationship building type of, uh, um, um, conversation, right? So, uh, drivers are task, uh, oriented, uh, high influencers, uh, high eyes or people oriented. They're still loud and dynamic, but the, 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 the type of the conversation is a bit different. Uh, when you're talking to people who are supportives or steadies, uh, you're going to have more of a monotone conversation. Uh, it's, it's not as dynamic. It's very relational. And when you're talking to people who are analytic, it's almost a cold, you know, type of, uh, of conversation and tonality. And that's very monotone. Um, I mean, it's, it's, those are just kind of, you know, a few pointers on how to, how to, um, pick those, uh, you know, behavioral patterns up. But when you know how to talk to each one of those, uh, you start to speak their language. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I know, but it, it is, it is a different type of language. We all process information differently. Very cool. So that's fantastic question. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're on mute. We're, we're, there's it's a little technical panel. difficulties yeah, here yeah, today, boys, yeah. so we're making it work. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, man. So, hey, Raphael, thank you so much for coming on, uh, brother. Again, we're thank really, uh, we're really grateful for your time. We appreciate all this, all these gold nuggets. Um, they're very, very cool. Matt Smith's got a question. Wow, I'm working 70 hours right now. 
how long does it take to build a team to work only, you know, a few hours a week? It's kind of a loaded question, but Raphael, yep. go ahead and give it a go. Uh, start with one. Start with one. Uh, look at the highest, uh, 80-20, 80-20 principle, right? 20% of the stuff that we do actually give us a result. The other 80, it's going to be tasky stuff. It's going to be stuff that can be more than likely automated and delegated. Uh, so start by looking, taking a step back and start by looking at what's taking up the most of your time. Um, now, if, if you're, if you're, can I, can I cuss? <laughs> I, feel like, yes. I feel like I, I feel like I'm being held back. <laughs> but, but if you come in and you're fucking around on Instagram, you know, two hours out of those, you know, a day, I mean, that's pushing you back. Right. So be aware of where you're spending the time. Um, if you're spending, uh, if you don't want to spend, I don't know, a thousand bucks every couple of weeks on a cold caller and, and you're, you're thinking that you're saving that money, you're not. Uh, you're, 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 you're sacrificing your time for that one piece of capital that you're going to get in, in a fraction of a deal. So for example, uh, one of the, one of the roles, reiterate that enough. It, it's, no. it's a, it's not a payroll expense. Payroll is not an expense. It's an payroll investment. is not an expense. It's an investment. You're buying back your time. That's what's happening. Um, so that's, that's huge. One of the, one of the, the, the positions that takes up the most time is cold calling. Why? Because we're calling, you know, 10,000 people. We're just sitting there and waiting for that thing to go on. Boom, boom, boom. Um, this is how kind of like the numbers, uh, numbers are broken down, right? And I'll use you know, just a brief example. If you're doing the cold calling and you reach out to a thousand people, right? You're going to spend, I don't know, six hours doing that. All right. So uh, from that point, you get a qualified Maybe out of those 1,000 people, 100 are going to raise their hand. They're going to say, I'm interested, right? Now you have 100 leads. So you have your lead manager in that role. Uh, that lead manager is only talking to 100 leads. They're not talking to 1,000. Now, after they get pre-qualified, 10, 10, get, 10 get pre-qualified, go over acquisitions. Your acquisition is talking to 10 people. So at the end of the day, like, if you're looking at it, making deals, what's your highest and best? Uh, Matt, if you're good at closing look at uh, talking to 10 people as opposed to a thousand you know how do you do that you plug a couple of cold callers in you, you can i mean start with one you don't have to bring in a bunch of people in start with one uh, get a feel for that see how that works i mean it takes a while to get to that point where you delegate um your your business effectively but it's totally doable start with the with the um don't let go of the income generating um activities like those are yours right now you're at a level one company so when you're in a level one company, income generating activities are a priority and then uh, plug people into the, the stuff that can be, you know, kind of handed down because of the time issue. Um, yeah, so, but it's going to take yeah, a while. I like to refer to the income activities as being so simple as three simple things, guys. Marketing, making offers, and following up. Right? Oh, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. So yep. a lot of so people I'm like to outsource the acquisitions, but really... The way I like to look at it is outsource the jobs that you, A, don't want to do, or B, they're the jobs that are the low-paying jobs. So, like, personally, right. I like running appointments. So, I've outsourced, you know, most of the things in my business other than that. And I tell my team, hey, your job is to market and set appointments for me and send offers and do the follow-up and do all the things that I don't want to do. The closing yep. coordination, the funding of the deals, and whatever it is. I just want to go run appointments. So... Matt, figure out what your passion is. Like, there's got to be one or two things that you probably really enjoy doing in the business. Hopefully, well, I, I, I know, I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know that personally. So um, he's actually he's actually one of my coaching students, and, and I, I will say this, and I, I don't want to I don't want to particularly call Matt out here, but 
So I know Matt well enough to know that Matt's doing he's doing activities that he doesn't need to do. Um, he he's he's operating. He, he's actually he's got he's got a, a, a way, an ability to remove himself from his business if he just keeps a few things on how he's doing things. But I, some of us we we get in that habit of doing all the work. We get in the yeah. habit of uh, of making it harder than it needs to be. Um, I think we get we, we, we start to get comfortable in the struggle, and we tend not to make the decisions necessary to pull us out of that. And so Matt's actually in a position where he could, you know, if he if he handled how his money deployed in the products a little differently, he could reinvest it in a, in a team or marketing. Um, there's a few things that he could do. So I guess adding to what everybody has said, I would just say don't make things harder than they need to be. And right. Don't don't operate from and I, I want to use this gently, but don't operate from a broke mentality or broke mindset. Yep. You know. So. Yeah. That's what I got. I love, I love it. That's a that's a great. I love it. Great answer. All right, Kirk's got one. Interested in how sales training is automated. So not exactly sure. You know what he means with that specifically, but I would think that. Coming from my perspective, you know, he's say, he's seeing Raphael say, hey, I'm only working, you know, 90 minutes a week on my business. You know, at some point, Raphael had to train his lead manager and his acquisition guys. But the beautiful thing, though, Kurt, is once you have trained one or two people in your organization and then you bring on a third person or a fourth person, guess who's going to train those people? Hopefully not you. And that yeah. right there is the automated sales training part of it. No, no sales training is truly automated, guys. You have to teach your people. Raphael said it really, really earlier to look for certain things. What was the, what was the four or five things that you had mentioned? You know, Motiv the property, yeah. motivation, price, time, price, time, time, right? yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically what we're looking for when it comes to sales, right? And then we're gonna figure out what the problem is and then we're going to offer a solution to those people. That's, and that's very, very, you know, 10,000 feet, of course. I just want to say, I think it's the last thing as well that should be outsourced, depending on where you're at in your business, because the sales, as we all know, is the, num is the million dollar skill, right? It's the number one thing that makes money in our business. So you should only be outsourcing it in three ways. Someone that's better than you, Someone that's as good as you or 80% of you, in my opinion. So everyone wants to outsource that first, and I just don't think it can be done. The, uh, the reason why I like to break things down into different stages is because you need different type of people for each one of the roles. Your lead manager has to be super patient. They have to be willing to put up with a lot of, um, you know, like... The, uh, the the dreadiness of, of you know getting through the leads when your acquisitions person needs to move fast a lot of times uh, most often than not you don't have the same type of personality uh, or I'm sorry the, you know those two personalities in the same person so you have to understand like where to plug it in uh, you're talking about sales automation um, again it, it's coming in you know through the marketing and then creating that pipeline to come through now one thing that you can start to uh, to keep in mind um, when you're building your business is to reverse engineer uh see it this way for example there's a i like loom loom is a super cheap software that you can screen record and whatnot loom is when great you, yeah yeah loom. when you're when you're going through something new um kurt when you're going through something new and you have like a new process a new protocol you figure out a new way to do something that's new to you just put it on the video 
next time when somebody asks you that's in your team, hey, how do I do this? Send them over to the video. Just save yourself 20 minutes. Um, do that. I took that to, uh, to the next level because I do coaching and I have um, all my stuff um, housed in, in uh, Kajabi, right? So I have a Kajabi account for, for my coaching programs. Um, now I have a Kajabi account for the training for my company, for my internal team. So my team has Kajabi access and I, I lay down um, my trainings like for acquisitions, a training for Dispo. Uh, I lay them down like court in a, almost like in a course format, but it's just for my internal use. It's just for the company. Right, it's relevant to you know my CRM, to our process, to everything. Um, but you can start to to reverse engineer and start recording every time you have something new. Just put it on video and then start building uh, building this video vault. Uh, if you're talking about how to build the training program, that's that's how you do it. As you're going through the process, as you're going through the process, yeah. Just video, basically video your screen, the process that you already do in your business. Yeah, which could be anything, just any re process. Record just, your screen just and talk. Record it. Over it. Absolutely. Yep. So, man, yeah. since I have a fearful mindset thinking if I'm not the one making the initial call, I feel like the seller will lose interest in selling, right? It's obviously works having a team. So, check this out, man. Um, I have a lead manager. He's been with me for about six years. He's a VA. He's in the Philippines. His name's Dennis. He's probably watching right now. He's a rock star. I love him. He's a friend. And uh, he basically handles and manages all the leads in my business. Now, I empower Dennis to act as if he is a partner or an owner in this business and not just, you know, somebody that works for me as one of the owners. And he makes all the inbound calls come to him. He does a lot of the outbound. He does all the follow-up. But the point that I'm trying to make is sometimes I'll go run an appointment. And again, that's really what I like to do. So I have people, you know, help me with all the other things. But I'll go run an appointment and I'll show up. And, um, you know, if you're not aware, my name is David Dodge and I'll show up and I'll say, hey, I'm Dave, you know, I'm here to view the house. And they say, well, where's Dennis? I thought Dennis was coming. Right. Because Dennis was basically the face and the voice of the company. And it's kind of funny because sometimes like people will get a little disappointed because Dennis is the one that built all that rapport with them, and, you know, and, and basically told them that we were going to be able to help them and you know provide them a solution. But we needed to come see the property. So I show up and I'm the owner. I'm the guy that's going to be writing the check to buy the house and sign the contract, of course. But often they kind of get a little disappointed until I tell them Dennis works with me and or for me and that we're a team. And then they start to lighten up to it. But I had the reason I'm saying this, I had that exact mindset, fearful mindset of thinking I needed to be the one making those initial calls. And in some cases, running those appointments, right? So on and so forth. But if you empower your team, right? They're going to be just as good as you if you help train them. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to get yeah. some time. I have a question. For yeah, please. What, how come, and maybe you do, do you not get Dennis to position you to go out? Like, does he not do a handover and say, hey, Dave, it's coming out? Like, yeah, sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. It just depends. Right. Yeah, sometimes they'll be expecting me. Other times, it's just extra to try to explain that yeah, someone else is coming out. Yeah, so when I'm out there, I'm a people person. I like talking to people. That's, that's why I've outsourced all of it except for that. Yeah, yeah. And most people would do the opposite. Most people would outsource that and say, I don't want to run appointments. That's time consuming. Well, that's really the only thing I enjoy doing. If I can go run one or two appointments in a day and maybe spend another 20 or 30 minutes helping the, the rest of my team, you know, make those offers and, you know, whatever it may be, that's that's really, you know, what I enjoy to do. Uh, but that's um, a great question, though, Gavin. Like, you know, 
that's something that we could essentially work on a little bit is have Dennis position me as the owner, you know what I'm saying? So they're not expecting him. But again, the, the main point, though, is empower your people, all right? And mistakes are going to get made. You're going to make mistakes. Your team is going to make mistakes. But empower them. Let them know that mistakes are natural and they're part of the process. And the quicker you can make a couple of these mistakes, and then like you guys just said, review, review, review. At the end, review it. Hey, how could we have done this better? Why did we make this mistake? How do we prevent from making this mistake again? And then you move on. But you got to let go of that mindset of having complete control. If you if you if you don't, you'll never get to ninety minutes a week. Um, Matt, if I uh, let me throw something in there for Matt, it's it's uh, it's a classic edification process, right? Uh, lead manager is talking, and we do it even when we hand out from acquisitions to dispo. We edify dispositions. When the lead manager is going to hand out something from lead uh, from lead to, to prospect. And send it over to acquisitions will edify acquisitions and what that sounds like it's just a simple you know it's a very simple statement i'm doing here i'm uh, i'm i'm in charge of getting the uh, you know putting the uh, the information together uh now my acquisitions person who's dan uh, my acquisitions manager he's going to be reaching out i mean he knows everything about the market the ins and outs he's very well versed he knows how to structure the deal and he's he's a rock star at understanding how to give you the best, uh, you know, solution that you're looking for. So he's going to be reaching out to you. It doesn't have to be, you know, a half a page spiel or anything. Just a quick little introduction and giving them the uh, edifying, whoever that next point of contact is going to be, telling them that, you know, they're in good hands because you already built rapport. So whatever you say is going to connect, right? Better than if it's like just a cold, uh, you know, showing up. Uh, but edifying that person, that next person, and then telling, giving them, you know, how the process of, of that, you know, that's going to happen. Like he's going to call you, he's going to show up to your door. He's going to do something like that. When you get rid of surprises with sellers, that goes a long way. Um, but it's not, um, if they're going to lose interest in selling, they were not interested in the first place. It's, so you know, to, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I want to hit on that. So edification, most people probably don't even realize what that is or the power of edification. And what, what edification really is, is this passing the power. So exactly. it, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost a, a game and I hate to say it that way, but if I go, Hey, you know, Raphael's, I mean, he is, he is awesome. Like you are in good hands. He's going to take really good care of you. I'm passing my power to him. And then he takes on that individual and he goes back and says, man, you've been talking to Don. Don's incredible. He, you know, he really works well with our clients and blah, blah, blah. You were, you were in great hands. I'm so glad you had the opportunity to work with Don. And then that it's like, suddenly these people feel like, oh my goodness, like, you know, I'm working with a great team and these are great individuals and I'm so lucky, right? You create this almost FOMO opportunity and, and people don't realize how powerful that is. We don't do that yeah. in, our, in, our, in our space enough. We don't do that amongst each other enough. And I don't think we teach our teams to do that enough, but it is so impactful and so powerful when you do it properly. And your team has buy-in, and they understand why they're doing it. You'd be amazed at how much further you're going to go. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Uh, the the exact phrase that we use um, it, it closes off like this. But yeah, so we start. To, we'll do an edification of the next person, and we always tell them, "Listen, you still have my contact information. I'm not gone. If you have any questions, you can always call me. You know that. Uh, but from this point forward, Dan's going to be running point on, on acquisitions just because he has all the information on the market." Uh, but I'm still here if you need me. So it's not like you're cutting, you know, your lead manager is cutting themselves out of the picture. They already have that, that rapport. You might as well use it in the future if you need it, right? Um, but you're, you're building up on it. You're creating another leg to, to that rapport connection, to that edification. And edification is huge, 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 huge. Same thing. We'll edify the title company. Uh, what title company are you going to go with? Oh, I mean, Julie. 
Uh, Julie, yeah, she's been in the business for 30 years. I'm telling you that lady knows how to get rid of anything that's, you know, maybe cloudy titles. That lady knows it all. She's an expert. Um, if you need to get a hold of me, I'm still here, so we'll still be in touch, but she's going to be running point on the title stuff because that's her, that's her street. That's her, her track. Um, and, and I mean, it, I mean, that just treating it like that, it goes a long, long way. Yeah. And I completely agree with you, Don. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. I don't. I, I can't see a awesome. clock. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to eat up too many. Too, too much time for everybody. Where Where are we at time wise? We're gonna. 40, we're, Forty-two. Yeah. Forty-two minutes. We're gonna get ready to oh, go. Geez. I know we gotta hit lunch. We gotta get. Yeah. Back Let's here. wrap it up, guys. We don't have to go. Right. Keep going by any means. And uh, you know, there's a little impromptu. Raphael, thank you so much for coming on today, man. Again, super grateful for your time. Appreciate it, man. Um, we really, really appreciate you, man. This has been an awesome episode. And um, anybody that's interested in learning more about Raphael, your coaching, your systems, you know, drop a little bit of info for us real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably Instagram, um, Rafael Cortez, CEO. Um, uh, my YouTube channel is the same, is the same, uh, same name, Rafael Cortez, CEO. You can find me there. I drop a lot of uh, videos on a regular basis on ho uh, wholesaling and business development. Um, everything in place. So, yeah, that's that's probably the best way. Uh, if you guys want a, a link to um, to that uh, script that I was talking about, just shoot me a DM and I'll, I'll send it over to you guys. Awesome. Yeah, you know what? We've all, if, I'm going to take you up on that. And guys, uh, probably, you know, later today or maybe first thing tomorrow, we'll actually get that added over to the Coffee with Closers Live website where we have all of the, uh, you know, we have a lot of tips and tricks over there and resources. So we would love to add that. Raphael, thanks again for coming on Done. today. Much Thanks, appreciated. Guys. Thanks, Sign up, guys.